Now it's time for Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. Three hour plus council meeting, Chris. I know. Boy. If this were the old days, you would have tape like littered on the floor. Oh, gosh, you know, I couldn't imagine. Tips. I couldn't imagine doing this if it was, yeah. you know, uh, wax pens and razor blades and ashtrays. Oh, yeah. I don't think I could do this yeah, if it was that it would way. Be horrible. Thank God for modern technology. Yep. Uh, it is the Council Roundup News Talk ninety four point seven and nine seventy WMAY. Um, a lot of the talk in the three hours uh, plus uh, about a variety of things COVID related. We'll uh, address some of that, including uh, reaction to pro protests over the weekend and uh, some aldermen upset about signage. Uh, but the ultimate uh, message there is, you know, we've got a First Amendment right of speech and assembly uh, and police are there to ensure public safety, uh, not to shut down speech or assembly. So we'll get to that conversation coming up. But first, let's hear from a fire chief, Alan Riney, last night, giving a bit of an update on um, where we're at in this ongoing pandemic. One of the things that, that we've really tracked, and I've talked about this almost every time I've been up to the podium, is the number of positives in our community versus uh, the number of people that have been tested. And we're starting to see uh, for the first time over the last really couple of weeks that that number is really starting to drop, even with our hot spot um, in Sherman. And he had said um, locally it's about 7%. But if you look at the state's data, uh, the central region, which includes Springfield and a bunch of other counties all across the central region, uh, it's like 3.2% positivity rate. Wow. Um, the the regions have to be under 20% positivity rate for 14 to 28 days or something to that effect. Uh, so we're well on our way uh, in the governor's phased-in plan. Uh, and other counties as well, well on their way, according to, to Riney. St. Clair County, Madison County, Champaign County, Sangamon County. Uh, Peoria is a little lower than us. Um LaSalle and Macon County, we're all at about the same. So these are groups that are independently reporting their numbers. But again, um, I don't know if those independent numbers are the ones that the state's using. Uh, the state's got their own numbers that they're publishing on their websites about the uh, Restore plan. Uh, moving on, though, but uh, we got this issue of this this rule that uh, the governor uh, filed late Friday. And uh, Alderwoman Doris Turner wants to know what's being done with that emergency rule that would essentially allow for local authorities uh, to file Class A misdemeanor charges against people. It's my understanding that now... Um, more enforcement teeth has been added to the executive order. So how is Springfield going to proceed with those who violate the order? Because, I, I mean, um, it's not a secret. People are readily saying we're going to open. And I think that there are already two or three businesses that are currently full-fledged open. So how is um, how is Springfield addressing that? We've had... A couple of those businesses on. Not uh, right, we have. <laughs> we've had all the businesses on that are going to. We've been we've been leading this. Uh, it's it's fun to watch uh, uh, other media kind of follow up on our coverage of this um, as as we continue to reach out and uh, hear from a variety of businesses, not just those that are uh, closed right now, but also those who are opening. Uh, so, what happens though? Uh, how is this being enforced? All the woman Turner really wants to know. So, have we moved along in that process with the two? Businesses that have been in the media saying that they are open. Here's Police Chief Kenny Winslow reacting directly to that. Uh, we're actually waiting until the JCAR uh, hearing tomorrow to see if this emergency rule is going to stand or if it's going to be eliminated. 
and we will take the appropriate actions after that ruling comes out. So that meeting's today, right? At, I think like ten thirty or so. Uh, they've got a big docket on the Joint Commission on Administrative Rules at the State House. Um, this particular emergency rule, though it's not on the agenda since it is an emergency rule, JCAR can take it up whenever. Uh, so they are going to take that up today. Uh, the vice chairman of the um, uh, of the of the committee, uh, the the JCAR, uh, he says he's going to file a motion to suspend the rule. We'll see if that's successful. It would need uh, bipartisan support. Uh, so we'll uh, keep you updated on that. But we also had uh, the uh, Sangamon County Administrator Brian McFadden on with Jim Leach yesterday, and he ultimately said, you know, they're not going to be out chasing down looking for salons that are open. They're more focused on their uh, resources on uh, some of the hot spots and making sure that, uh, you know, uh, the community's safe and secure, uh, especially in places like nursing homes. Uh, so, you know, whether or not it's going to be enforced, still up in the air. We'll see what happens after today's JCAR meeting. Uh, but uh, according to Police Chief Kenny Winslow, uh, they're they're waiting for that to see what happens wow. ultimately. So so uh, we could see a shutdown as early as this afternoon, it, quite possibly, yeah. or at least charges going to uh, yeah. the uh, state's attorney, and then the state's attorney looking at whether to press those charges, and then the public health department looking at how to handle. You know, do they give a cease and desist order? But even then. The argument from these businesses and their attorney is there needs to be due process. You can't just go in and close a business down without any kind of court proceeding or giving them the right to say, I'm I'm well within my rights to, to operate. Sure. So there has to be due process there. We're going to see that play out if indeed some of these businesses are uh, given cease and desist orders or shutdown orders. Uh, but Alderman Hanauer, uh, we've talked to him before about this issue, and he uh, kind of reiterated what he had to say last, uh, we've, last we've night. We've got eight people in the hospital, I believe, is what yesterday's number is. I don't know that we're going to overrun our hospital at this point, um, any of them. But uh, I just wanted to point out that, I mean, I think that I, I would just plead that the governor would look at maybe ramping up and at least putting restaurants at, at 40, 50 percent starting at the end of the month to help them out, too, and other businesses, too. I, you know, you can't go into boutiques, but you can go into Walmart, which is packed. I, I just don't get that. We're hearing some of the uh, back and forth of the uh, latest coronavirus, um, I guess you could say status, where we're at. Uh, and we heard from uh, Alderman Ralph Hanauer earlier who, you know, scratching his head. He's like, yeah, Walmart's open. There's 500 people in there, but you can't go into a boutique in downtown Springfield. Uh, saying that uh, he wants to see the uh, reopening plan uh, move faster to allow for uh, restaurants, for instance, to open uh, uh, larger and, and, and quicker. Uh, so we'll see exactly where that goes. But here's more from Alderman Ralph Hanauer. People are going to you're going to start seeing people do more of what these two agent, these two businesses have done because they don't have anywhere else to turn. Yeah. So I would imagine yeah. you're probably going to see a lot more, not just in Springfield. You're seeing it across the state. Yeah, you are. I mean, they, they, he's exactly right. There's no place for people to go. We can't even get clarification to people right now on what they're supposed to be do when they do open. You know, yeah. we've talked to millions of businesses about that. Yeah, and, and the governor hasn't updated uh, the um, uh, guidance documents that uh, were we've been expecting for a week and a half, if not longer. Uh, these guidance documents would be for what businesses need to expect when they could possibly open at the end of this month uh but they don't have that yet you know, i'm sure they want to do everything they can to keep their customers safe but if they don't know what exactly they're supposed to be doing it makes it very difficult for those businesses to comply in time to be able to open up on day one of phase three if that is indeed at the end of this month 
Older woman DeCenso, though, uh, says that, you know, we should just be patient. Just a couple of more days, she said. I can tell you, and Older woman Conley can probably tell you the same thing, that the governor is looking at these things. Yeah. He feels the pressure. He feels the, um, you know, he doesn't want the weight of businesses going you know, by the wayside because of his orders of trying to keep people safe. Um, I, I know there are, are alternatives being looked at. So let's give it a few days. And, and I think we'll, I think you'll see some, some changes and some improvements. A few days. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's, yeah. it's been two months. Tomorrow uh-huh. will be two full months of the shutdown. Right. I don't know if uh, you know you got much more patience from people. No, um, I don't think you do. I I don't think you do. And then and, and that's everybody. Yeah. That's not just business owners. Look at the look at how many people are driving around. You know, it's like <laughs> we're done with this. We're running a story this morning. Uh, St. Charles County down in St. Louis, mm-hmm. Missouri. Uh, businesses and workers and businesses down there, all they see is Illinois people. Yeah, right, exactly. In Missouri. Exactly. Wisconsin's so, going huge right exactly now. Exactly right. Uh, here's Alderman Redpath on this issue. Today, Pier 1 filed bankruptcy. So this, every day a business is going down, and it's tough. And we want people to be safe. And I think if we have a good, good plan about this is how you got to reopen your business, and as long as people are safe, got to get to that. Commerce is failing, and it's going down fast. So, so we'll see what happens um, with uh, the ongoing uh, status of COVID nineteen and the emergency orders and the rule, and if it will be enforced uh, or if it'll be blocked at JCAR. All of those things still very much up in the air. We're not done talking about COVID nineteen. Uh, a little bit of conversation about um, protests over the weekend. That'll be the tail end of the roundup. Uh, but after they had the uh, update of COVID, uh, let's get the treasurer's report here really quick. The corporate fund in the month of April had a beginning balance of $16,425,690. We took in total receipts of $8,559,042. We had total disbursements in the month of April of $8,059,638, which left the corporate fund with an ending balance in the month of April of $16,925. I'm sorry, $16,925,094. That concludes my report, Marilyn Felder. So we really haven't seen much of a change no. still 16 million dollars to have uh in the bank so to speak so yeah they actually added happens. to it in april which is kind right. of strange yeah so uh there was a measure actually a slew of measures i think that the, gov- uh, the governor uh the mayor almost promoted mayor jim langfelder uh he wanted to have uh, you know various appointments put in place and uh you know deals with like commissions and whatnot but there were concerns from the likes of alderwoman doris turner uh, on you know, not being diverse enough, not having enough input from other aldermen. Uh, so here's a bit of um, how this played out uh, with Mayor Jim Langfelder hoping to get a slew of different types of appointments uh, approved by aldermen. I mean, again, this is it's, about the, it's about respecting the process and respecting the, uh, the concerns of everybody. So it, so we could have you could have come with an amendment tonight that we could have discussed and 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 moved forward. But there wasn't an amendment to that. Uh, so we get the votes. You have seven no's and three yeses, Mayor. It failed. Mayor's uh, ordinance there uh, or collection of ordinance, I believe, uh, it didn't pass. So uh, you'll have to go to the drawing board on that one again. Um, getting an update on that TIF uh, request. If you remember, there was, um, what was it, St. Nicholas Apartments? Uh, they had an yeah. elevator, elevator uh, yeah. 
It was like $150,000 they were looking to get from uh, downtown tax increment finance funds. Uh, but there was also questions about uh, that hotel project sure. uh, that was supposed to be like, you know, a family fun center and like even like an outdoor yeah. theater or something. It was, it was supposed to take out the club station house in the parking ramp. Right. It was supposed to be this, you know, grand uh, project that they talked about last year at about this time. And we haven't heard any updates on that. Uh, so I think they're still trying to get updates on that. But ultimately, the question uh, that was brought up was, well, the downtown TIF has a negative fund balance. So it doesn't even matter. I mean, it's like, you know, how are you supposed to give away funds if there are no funds in there? Well, here's uh, Budget Director uh, Bill McCarty. The downtown TIF is a commercial area. So I'm thinking that perhaps a lot of people will go ahead and pay those taxes. But we just don't know. So at some point, yes, the TIF fund will be positive this year. We will have money to pay for projects. As of right now, today, the cash balance is, is negative 291000 in the fund. So, <laughs> even though there's close to $300,000 in the red uh, for the fund, they went ahead and passed that measure anyways to oh, um, give the TIF funds to the, um, um, the residents for, for their elevators. It's an IOU. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And that's how this, these negative TIFs work, is they just pay out the money as they get it. Uh, even if there's a negative balance. So um, maybe, you know, uh, Alderman will look a little bit closer on uh, TIF allotments and uh, what they agree on handing out. Uh, meanwhile, another measure uh, that the mayor had some problems with, if you recall, last week, um, they uh, talked about ultimately this measure to block aldermen and city employees from having any interest in cannabis businesses. There was a lot of concern that, uh, you know, this is too overreaching. Uh, so the mayor tried uh, amending it, uh, and he he brought forward an amendment that did a couple of things. Uh, it, uh, it lessened just how restrictive it would be and who it would it would restrict. Amendment, I think the original draft of the ordinance was to mirror the state statute, and then um, the amendment um, goes beyond that where we're pairing back the employees uh, part of it since that was an issue brought up with the committee as a whole. So the mayor's now offering up an amendment to this ordinance that would, uh, in his opinion, bring about transparency and who has interest in cannabis businesses in Springfield. And he put the amendment up for consideration. So is there a second to the amendment? Got some Jeopardy music going on. All right. So it dies for a lack of a second. Ooh. So there's another... Um, Swing vote that didn't go the mayor's way uh, last night at the uh, full city council meeting. Uh, moving on now, uh, there was a discussion about uh, uh, grants that are going to be going out. Um, here's Val Yazel talking about some of these grants and what they're going to be for. Forgivable grants and loans to small businesses. And there will be a maximum of $5,000 provided for a forgivable grant to, to a maximum of 25000 to be provided through a low-interest loan to businesses. So that's just a couple of the grant programs. There's also going to be um, money for uh, rent assistance. But from my understanding, it's not going to go to the renter. It's going to go directly to the landlord of these various places. So uh, that's one kind of uh, different type of grant program there is outside of uh, dollars going to be made available for small businesses. So uh, Val Yazel talks a bit about uh, just how thorough they're going to have to be with all of these micro loans they're going to be processing. That is called duplication of um, funding 
practices and we have to file that and we have to with every one of these that goes through we have to have that paperwork in place so we'll of course have a lot of documentation to make sure everything's above board and in um, within the means of uh, federal regulations for these types of funds because they are ultimately federal tax dollars being passed through the city uh, all in relation to COVID uh, response. Uh, Alderwoman Turner wants to make sure that uh, all the money that's going out is need-based. To those small businesses that were not able to either receive uh, federal funds or uh, are not able to uh, apply for and receive a traditional loan. I think that those are the businesses that we really need to have some type of priority for assisting. So uh, that seemed to be a consensus among everybody involved. Uh, They want to make sure that those most impacted uh, get what they need to uh, stay afloat uh, because we don't want, uh, you know, scores of small businesses closing. Uh, But unfortunately, we're hearing more and more that we're going to see a slew of small businesses closing. Um, Assistance or not. You know, there's there's a mentality among small businesses. They want to fend for themselves, right? I mean, they don't they don't want to take handouts. They want to work. They put their hard sweat equity into it. Uh, they employ people. Uh, it's a family business most times, so uh, they they don't want handouts. Uh, they'd rather open. <laughs> yeah, they they'd rather be in operation. Absolutely. Um, Alderman Hanauer uh, has a pretty important question when it comes to this assistance. <laughs> I guess this is a question about ensuring that there's no fraud. What, I, what I'm afraid of is you'll see upstarts that are wanting wanting to take this and they're not an established business. So I, th- I think he's worried, Chris, if you and I were to all of a sudden today uh, start a business and then say, oh, we need these uh, <laughs> we need these grant dollars because sure. we're impacted by covid. Uh, but uh, the micro loan operator uh, said that that's that's not going to happen to that. Our contractual agreement with DCEO requires that the business be listed in good standing on the Secretary of State website for one year. Okay. So that's good to know. Yep. It has to be a bona fide business. Can't yep. just be a, a startup that started today. Uh, and one thing that's clear here, there's a lot of in and outs. All right. If you're a business that wants to get involved with this, if you are in need of assistance, contact the city. All right, because they will put you in contact with the right people to get everything in line so that you can access this. And it was revealed that it's unclear when exactly these funds are going to be available, but they hope sometime in June, maybe late June. I don't know. They weren't really clear on when exactly that would all be set up. So is that going to be enough? Who knows? Uh, We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Moving on now, uh, on into new and unfinished business, Alderman Chuck Redpath has an interesting proposal that, uh, well, once he laid it out there, everybody jumped on board with it. Trying times these last two to three months that's been going on, and uh, obviously everybody's suffering with this stuff, but businesses obviously have have taken a big hit. And I want to make a proposal that um, even though the restaurants and bars are they're all closed, but they all had to pay for their licenses. Um, and some of them are going to be closed two to three months. I'd like to make a proposal that we bring uh, forward to prorate uh, the, the fees, the license fees that they were not able to use this last couple months. Once he laid that out there, Alderwoman Connolly said, can I be a co-sponsor? And then everybody else jumped on and said they want to be a co-sponsor. Uh, so essentially, it would uh, a proposal to prorate any licensing fees the city charges businesses. Because if they can't operate for three months, that's a quarter of the year. 
Right. <laughs> Why charge them for a full year license whenever the, the government told them they can't operate? Seems fair to me. Yeah. So uh, you got all, all of them in jumping on board on that one. So I'd imagine you'd see that ordinance come forward and fly through. Send the bill to JB. There you go. <laughs> uh, now on to um, unfinished business. Several aldermen uh, raised concerns about some of the protest signs they saw at the Capitol Saturday. Uh, they they considered that hate speech. They uh, said it's not tolerable. They also had problems with um, uh, the police blocking off the streets because of uh, the protest overflowing at the Capitol. The mayor, uh, he criticized the protest Saturday and uh, said that some activities just shouldn't be tolerated at all. I don't care if it's cussing, spitting, pushing, hate signs, none of it is tolerated in Springfield. And that is the home of Abraham Lincoln. That's what our country is built on. So if anybody has to ask that, they shouldn't even live in Springfield. Now, I don't know if any of the protesters were spitting on other protesters or pushing or shoving or anything like that. I, I didn't see any reports of violence, but... Um, well, there certainly have been some signs that have crossed the line. Well, signs cross the line, but there is free speech. And you can put a sign on anything, uh, or you can put anything on a sign. Uh, it, yeah, it's going to rub people the wrong way, and some signs are meant to rub people the wrong way and to uh, stir the pot, so to speak. Uh, but we do have, you know, the First Amendment. And that's one thing that uh, Kenny Winslow, uh, the police chief, was really um, uh, pointed in his response to some of the criticism he heard from Alderman. We have to be content neutral and we don't excuse people's ignorance. And we, you know, we have to be tolerable of their ignorance. <laughs> if I could arrest everybody for being stupid, we'd have a full jail over there. <laughs> uh, with that said, you know, we do have a job to do and that job is public safety. Now, he uh, went on to talk more about this. State does not require permits to protest at the Capitol. This is a capital protest that spills over into our roadway. That's when we become involved. And that's why they had to block off the street. And the police chief, um, recognizing the First Amendment, still a right in this country. The expert we have spoken with says that these people have a right to protest, that the executive order does not trump that right, and that they will allow that right to occur. We have to do something. We either can say we're going to let this spill out into the road and throughout our entire community. And if somebody gets hurt, they get hurt. And we could turn a blind eye to it. Or we could be the professionals and stand with the other agencies in our community, work together to do this safely. And it wouldn't matter who was protesting down there. I do agree with Alderman McMenamin and the mayor. It is a uh, diverse group of people. I'm sure that there was stuff down there that a lot of people didn't agree with. Uh, there's counter protesters down there as well. Our job in these instances is to maintain public peace. And it is way different than a pop-up block party in the middle of our community. And we'll handle both of those the way they're supposed to be handled. So that's the council roundup from last night's three-plus-hour meeting. Oh, boy.